Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, I am so fired up because we're back in the consumer goods industry with my new friend, Ann Carlson. She is the CEO and founder of Jiminy's Dog Treats. You guys are going to love this today. And it's so great to have you on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. It's awesome. I cannot even wait. I mean, before we hit record, I was we, we were, I was telling you about my passion for the industry. And then we were doing comparisons of all the people we know in common. And it's just, ah, it gets me all fired up. So um, for those who don't know Anne, you guys are going to love learning about her and her company. Uh, her background, though, is in the consumer goods industry. Um, also in consulting, we both worked at Accenture. Kind of cool thing we had in our background. Um, she spent time at Del Monte in the market intelligence and business intelligence space and at IRI. For those who don't know IRI, like all of the consumer data you could buy out there that companies use to understand you and your shopping habits, like IRI and Nielsen are the two biggest players and she worked for one of them. So great insight into kind of consumers and brands before launching this company. But um, And let's start with this. So two years ago now, I mean, gosh, only two years ago, you decide you're going to go start your own business in the consumer goods space and you start it in the dog treats and dog food space. So how did this happen? And how did you decide, you know, I'm going to go do it in this space? Well, it sounds, it seems like a nutty thing to do. I, know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say nutty. I thought it's cool. I just, <laughs> how do you decide, you know, I'm going to take that step? So I, I was working for one of the big pet companies and surprise, surprise, we got acquired. Ah, so nice. I, yeah. And I decided I did not want to move. Uh, I live in California. I love it here. And so I started thinking about what do I want to do next? And I decided that I had to do something that had purpose. And so I picked climate change, uh, something, <laughs> wow. you know, really small and manageable. Right. <laughs> that everyone likes to jump into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and as I started um, sort of pondering what I would do in that space, I realized that there was a potential that I could make more impact with the pets than I could with people. And of course, that aligned with my strengths as well, because I knew the industry. Um, but if, if you think about it, dogs eat their food, and if they're lucky, they also get treats. And I realized if I could create a more sustainable food for a dog, I could impact 80 to 90% of its total consumption with a single product. Wow. And did you know that from like your experience working at Big Heart Pets or was it something that you discovered after? Well, yeah, no, I, I knew that most dogs are eating the same food each day. I uh, also knew that there's over 89 million dogs in the U.S. and that they're consuming over 32 billion pounds of protein each wow. year. Wow. So it's just this enormous number and it's really not sustainable. So that to me, this was sort of a, a perfect area to start in. And then um, I started thinking about, well, how do you do that, of course, and thinking through different protein sources that could replace the traditional animal protein, which is the part that's really not sustainable. Um, it's, it's actually really problematic. And as I started doing that, I sort of stumbled across that UN study that said insects could be the answer to world hunger. And so I was like, unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, they use exponentially less land, less water, uh, almost no greenhouse gas emissions. So I actually, I ordered some crickets, just dry roasted crickets online (laughs) 
And I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. Let's try these out. These to my dog. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I had two dogs and, and I took them out and started handing them to my dogs and the drool started. I, I, I knew they loved it. And so, of course, I had to try it too because I, I oh needed to gosh. know what it tasted like. Mm. And it actually tastes great. It's wow. nutty. It's um, the hardest part is putting it in your mouth for the first time. <laughs> so I closed my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, we did not the total sidebar. We traveled to Thailand two years ago and they had crickets and everything else that you could just, you know, eat and it, you know, and it was kind of the thing there, but, um, all right. But before we, before we get to more on what's in the food, so how talk about the real problem though, and what's not sustainable about dog food today and the way it's made and kind of what goes into it. Well, you know, there's so many different problems. Um, what I focused in on though is the that the traditional animal agriculture it's it's really it's brutal and it's one of the biggest contributors to climate change which is uh, amazing fact, i don't think people realize that you know what i mean it's I not something you think either. about like in a day-to-day circumstance yeah and and the numbers are are amazingly big um it's a bigger contributor to climate change than transportation and energy combined wow and 65% of the nitrous oxide comes from animal agriculture. A nitrous oxide has a global warming potential that's 296 times greater than CO2 emissions. Oh, my gosh. And it's yeah, just and, and, big numbers. Yeah, and if you keep, you keep d- digging into it, it's 30% of global water consumption, 45% of global land consumption. It kind of goes on and on. And um, so I looked at that and said, that's the place you need to focus. Um, so, so, you know, I said, okay, let's just start by replacing that, that protein source. And when we found the insect protein and we started with the cricket protein, which really is, it's considered the gateway bug. It's the easiest one to wrap your head around. Um, it delivered the same amount of protein, uh, but it had actually additional benefits as well. In fact, when we when we talk about it, we tell people it's delicious, nutritious, sustainable, humane, and hypoallergenic. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so, but how did you know it would work? So, okay, you ordered the crickets. You know, you close your eyes. You're you're like, okay, it's weird, but it tastes normal. The dog's eating it. How did you go from that to I'm going to start investigating how I make a product out of this? Yeah, well, then I, I dug into, well, how do people work with it? Because there, um, there were some people products that were being created. And you don't actually work with the whole cricket. It's, 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 <laughs> I never knew know, this. There's, I'm learning there's something no here. Antenna, no <laughs> legs. It's not like that. What, what I actually work with is after it's already been um, harvested, roasted, ground, so it is a protein powder. Ah, okay, got it. So, so, so you'd never know even it. if you saw it. You yeah, wouldn't even know. Got it. Totally not. You smell it. People, I let people smell it when we go to places because I think it, it helps to um, sort of demystify it. Sure. And they'll say things like, "Oh, it smells nutty," or "Oh, some people even say it smells like cocoa." <laughs> interesting like, okay. okay i smell nuts but okay <laughs> <laughs> right. i'll let you call it that right that's good yeah exactly yep. whatever you think <laughs> um so you, you get that form of it and then yep how did and you, then i yeah. started working well of course i brought in advisors right away so i i knew i wanted this, a, a couple different kinds of advisors um somebody who knew animal nu- nutrition 
And we totally lucked out in that regard because we found a guy that has two PhDs. One is in animal nutrition and the other one is in entomology. Wow. And so key, right? These are people that can advise you on like the health of the product with a pet. Absolutely. And then because we started with treats, we also um, brought in another advisor, a guy named Ian Dunbar, who is animal behavior. And so as we were designing treats and thinking about like, how is it going to be used? Because I think that's really important as well. The functional design. Um, he helped us like when we create a training treat, what's the criteria used? It has to be low calorie. It has to break easily into pieces. It has to make the dog go nuts. Uh, you don't <laughs> want it to be greasy. You know, it's, right. it's all those different things. And so we designed towards that. Wow. And did you know it was going to be treats to begin with and then get to dog food later? Or how did you make that decision? Well, it, it actually, um, it had to do with us wanting to do it right. So we started with treats because um, treats are a smaller percentage of the, the animal's diet. So, so we started there and we learned how to work with the, the, the cricket protein. But there was still a question about whether dogs can digest the cricket protein. We knew it had like all of these great nutrients, right? It's got, you know, the protein, uh, complete amino acids, uh, omegas. It's got vitamin B2 and B12, iron, taurine. You know, the list kind of goes on and on. It's truly, it's a superfood on paper. But what nobody had done, nobody had done the studies to prove out that it was digestible. So we, we actually took that on and we, we sponsored the studies, um, with the dogs and it turned out great because the, the protein, not only does it deliver all of that, it actually is digestible. It's as digestible as cow or chicken. And so it's considered a high quality protein for the dogs. And we did all of that with uh, a lot of partners and that was that in itself was, was quite a task. But it was fantastic as well. So Iowa State was involved. The cricket protein uh, manufacturers were involved. But as we were doing that work, we realized um, that there was another component of the cricket protein that we wanted to test out. It's the fiber. It actually has fiber as well. And so we worked with a company called Animal Biome. And we were able to prove out that the fiber that's in the cricket protein actually feeds the good bacteria in the dog's gut. So it's it's prebiotic. Wow. So multiple benefits in addition to yep. the environmental impact. Yep. Hypoallergenic wow. as well. So dogs that, you know, have uh, sensitivities to chicken or beef or whatever. Sure. This is a great alternative for them. Okay. So here's the question. So uh, you worked for, you know, a big uh, manufacturer of, of pet and dog food. Um, why aren't these other companies shifting to this type of ingredient or this type of approach for treats and, and dog foods? Like wh- why is it only now that some of the upstarts like yourself are kind of getting into this space? Well, you know, for them, it's easier to stick with the tried and true. Um, it's easier for them to just, you know, create another, um, another flavor of an existing product that they've got. Um, this requires a lot of education we're educating consumers, we're sure. educating stores. I'm um, sure. It's, it really is sort of a passion project That's... because it, it, it's not exactly easy. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> and we're about to dive into parts of that that are not easy. So, um, all right. So you've got the advisors, you've got this idea. How do you get to 
you know, instead of <laughs> crushing and making something in a kitchen or in a small environment to, you know, putting together four flavors and, and getting product packaged into retail, like that's a big jump. And, and what were the keys to finding or figuring out the manufacturing part of the treats? Well, actually, before then, it's it's getting a little bit of funding to ah, be able to do there we that. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. all right, so let's go there. Take, you've got to find some people that believe in what you what your uh, you know your your concept and uh, are willing to to back you in it. And and that was um, that was hard yet totally rewarding because uh, we realized we really had something as we started talking to angel investors and uh, and our friends and family and everybody just loved the, the, the idea of it and they were willing to back us. Outside of friends and family, did you get on the path of looking at you know traditional consumer goods type angel investors or were, what did you find in terms of interest around your product? Well, we're super, we were super early stage, right? When we were starting to look for a little bit of funding. So we really stuck to the angels and we, we started talking to some of the bigger players as well. And they're definitely interested, but it's one of those things where at this point, it makes sense for us to be able to do what we want to do and not have somebody calling the shots for us. Sure. That totally makes sense. So you get some funding. And the, and then what were the key next steps after you've got some initial dollars behind the project? Some really funny conversations with with co-packers. Um, <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> when you start telling them what you want to do, and they're like, "You want to use what crickets?" Because <laughs> <laughs> when we were starting, nobody was doing this, right? right? Of course. So so for them, it was like. Okay, what does it look like? <laughs> you know, and we went through the whole <laughs> right. process with them of you know, let's send you some samples so you know what we're we're talking about. We did a little baking in our own kitchen, um, and then essentially I knew what ingredients I wanted to work with because I when I started I, I really wanted to make something that you could put eighty five percent of the ingredients on the front of the package and feel really good about what you're what you're putting in in that treat and, and feeding to your dog. So, um, so, you know, I picked fantastic ingredients. I picked things that I know dogs love and we just continue to do that as we go forward as well. Um, almost, well, I would say every ingredient that we choose has purpose. Yeah. And I was looking at your four delicious flavors. We've got the original recipe. Yep. And that's a pumpkin base. Okay. Uh, Peas and sweet potato. That yeah. sounds very yummy. <laughs> yeah, and that one's a soft and chewy. The dogs <laughs> really dig it. And the new soft and chewy is pumpkin and carrot. Uh, I saw and it. So it's yeah, it's naturally sweet. The dogs, the dogs dig it. And and it has great benefit. You know, pumpkin aids in digestion. It's it brings uh, a lot of vitamins and minerals to the table. You know, basically everything that we're picking is is bringing benefit. So I mean, and, but my favorite peanut butter and blueberry. I mean, that just oh, sounds yeah. like unbelievable. But where? Okay, how did you figure that the recipes out? Like, where do you? How do you manufacture this? Like, what what does that look like? Well, you know, each one is a different journey. Um, for us, it, well, it's actually each form is a different journey. So we started baking because you know baking was an easy way in. Uh, as we're working with this new new protein source. And then um, we ended up working with a new co-packer as we went into a soft and chewy because we knew we had to do it a different way. 
And so each time there's a lot of experimentation that goes into it, palatability testing with the dogs, um, also, you know, the lab testing to make sure that we're getting the nutrients where we want them to be. So it, it, it really is a process each and every time. And I'm guessing you had to lean into some of your advisors to to help coach you along the way. I mean, you you might know what consumers want or kind of the, the idea behind the product, but having others that really know the, the details of this would be important. Absolutely. Especially when it got to the time to make the food, because the food is all life stages, complete and balanced. And to, to do that, you've got to adhere to AFCO guidelines. AFCO is like the, the part of the FDA that, that, you know, identifies what you need to do for, for the dogs. And, and, you know, for us, it was about, you know, making sure that it was veterinarian formulated with us because we knew that we had this prebiotic ingredient. We focused in on gut health. Um, but it, it's so incredibly sustainable. It, that's the thing that's just amazing. If you take a dog and you move them from a chicken-based diet to a cricket-based diet, uh, you save 480,000 gallons of water a year. That's amazing. Yeah, I was looking. It said one five-ounce bag of your Jiminy's treats saves 220 gallons of water alone. That's crazy business. Yep. Now, why is yep. that, though? I mean, I, 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 what is the math behind that? How do, how do you come to that? One five-ounce well, bag. What What it, is the water a, used on? Yeah, it's a few different things. So we're comparing to, in those two examples, we're comparing to cow and we're comparing to chicken. Oh, got it. Okay. And it, to raise them, they just uh, they consume a lot. I see. It takes, yep. it takes a lot longer to raise them to uh, the time when you're going to harvest. And all of that contributes. Sure. No question. That's, I mean, huge numbers. So um, with any great with any new brand uh, or product, one of the biggest things is getting it out there, right? And getting people to buy it, try it, sell it and whatnot. So, and you know, the space, I mean, you've been working in this industry, so, you know, retailers, you know, online, like, what does that look like as you've, as you've productized this and, and been working to get it out to market over the last two years? It is getting our story out there and, yep. and actually putting it in dogs' mouths. <laughs> but, seriously, the, the, Owner needs to see how much the dog. Right, loves it. I guess that's true. Right, it's one thing to read about it, hear about it, see it on a shelf, but to have the dog enjoying it and consuming it, it's like proof, right? It's a really big deal, and um, so so you know we did a lot around sampling it out. We created trial size, uh, a trial size, which you know a, a lot of folks shy away from doing a trial size because it's expensive. Sure, absolutely. But it's so worthwhile when you're doing something so new. Right. And just getting the word out and starting to build your brand. What about retail? Like what's been the response from retail and what are the keys to getting penetration in that you know, tr traditional retail space? So we're, we're selling it in independent pet specialty. So that's, you know, it's, it's own channel. And those, the people that run those stores, a lot of them are mom and pops and they really educate themselves. And so for us, it was the process of taking them through all the benefits. And um, we, we actually, we leaned in to university towns initially, uh, places where we thought there would be a, a lot of people who, who um, either knew about insect protein already or were open to it. Got it. Oh, yeah. A, a good entry point where you'd have the Yeah. And, and there were a lot of millennials then shopping in those places and the millennials really get it. Totally. No, this uh, it's a cool story. Um, and then I have to ask, like, where did Jiminy's come from? Where did the name come from? 
It's cool. Very catchy, but I got to ask. Chimney Cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everyone listening is like, Justin, come on. We already got that a while ago. Like crickets, chimney. All right. um, (laughs) Yeah. I I won't delete that part. (laughs) There was a little bit of a scare there because when we first thought of it, we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to get that? Right. Disney. (laughs) Chimneys. I love it. But it it turned out it's actually an expression. So it goes way back. That's hilarious. I bet you had to do some research on that. Um, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, now that I got that answered, um, two years now in, I mean, you've got product, you know, great packaging, great flavors, uh, cool brand, and obviously so much growth potential would have been like, you know, for the entrepreneurs that are listening, maybe two or three of the biggest lessons learned as you have have, um, become an entrepreneur the last two years. What does that look like for you? Maybe two or three things. I think the biggest thing for us was was really understanding what was going to motivate the first consumers to to go, you know, to try it, to give it a try, right. get started, and and so we 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 thought it was sustainability, and and for many people it is, um, but you know, as we've been looking at it more and more, there's pain points and there's pa- passion points. Sustainable um, buying sustainable products is a passion point. And um, we believe that there's going to be more and more people coming on board with that, especially when you look at what's happening across the world. You know, the billion animals lost in Australia due to the fires. It just hurts my heart. Um, We have to start consuming products that are sustainable. No question. We we can't still do the same old, same old. So that's, that's the passion side. But what we found is a lot of people came into this with a pain point and the pain point generally speaking, was a dog that had allergies. Interesting. And they, okay. they needed an alternative protein um, that would work for their dog. And we've had just so many people writing to us, telling us, finally, here's here's a treat I can give to my dog. Wow. And so that, that feels really good because we're solving a problem. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great thing. Well, um, so interesting. And I absolutely am going to have you back on as you grow the business. Um, but share with our audience where they can find you, how they can buy the product, um, where they can read about <laughs> why you use crickets, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> well, our website is the best place to start. Yeah. Uh, it's jiminys.com. J I M I N Y S. Easy to remember. Yeah, exactly. I just love it. Um, that's really cool. All right. So this has been so great having you on in. I really appreciate it. And um, looking forward to seeing your growth. Um, I'm going to try out. I've got three dogs. So I'm going to definitely uh, get, I, I think I might get one of each. Now, can do people ever eat these two or is it only dogs? <laughs> I eat them all the time. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, of course. Uh, oh my God, yeah, whenever so I'm at a show. Yeah. You'll eat it too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, oh. yeah, and and actually, a, a lot of people in the pet industry, when you meet a store owner, the yep. first thing they do is is eat the treat. Oh my god! Yeah, peanut yep. butter and blueberry. Then I'm ordering that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Well, thanks for so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started 
as a contender. 